in the Bible, it says, you know, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of sound mind. The way I read that, what I hear is I never told you that you wouldn't feel it. If I'm God, I never told you wouldn't feel it. I just told you I overcame it and I gave you something else to deal with it. So trust me when you feel that. And so I, I, you know, I've grown to a place now where I actually see it as when I begin to feel it, I kind of know I'm on the right track. Empower You podcast is devoted to bringing real world wisdom and encouragement to our listeners, fans, subscribers, and friends. We talk about a multitude of life principles and the process from an economic, societal, and cultural perspective. We believe that in tough conversations and shared wisdom, we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. So subscribe to our channel, rate, review, and let us empower you. What's up, friends? If you're anything like me, you realize that eating healthy meals supercharges your productivity and gives you a clear mind so that you can solve more problems at work or in your business. Smile More Meal Prep Service lets you choose from a variety of healthy food options that will fit your dietary needs while putting a smile on your face so you can stop stressing about eating healthy throughout the week and buying lunches because Smile More Meal Prep has got your back. And if you use the promo code EMPOWER, you'll receive 15% off your order. So click the link in the show notes, order your healthy, delicious meals, relax and smile more. Welcome to Empower You Podcast. My name is Kibway Cooper and I am so glad that you are here. Uh, For today's episode, we have a amazing guest um, and our topic for today is going to be the curse of knowledge. Now, What are we talking about with the curse of knowledge? This is all a part of our education series, right? Where we are really breaking down and opening up dialogue around um, certain aspects of being becoming educated or pursuing your education, what education looks like in the future, things that we should be thinking about, especially in a uh, pandemic era that we are all in. There are millions of, of millennials Uh, going back to school to change, you know, their their concentration or doing their own career change. There are a lot of young people who are heading into higher education. And so they're looking for direction um, as well as uh, they're formulating their skills and their own life path. And I think it's important for us to have this kind of dialogue because um, if we're not looking at all of these structures in our lives objectively we're setting ourselves up for another personal pandemic right where the bottom kind of just falls out of your life and it's because we're not having these conversations and so um that's what we're doing today so now i'm going to tell you about our speaker so our speaker our guest for today is the first African-American woman to be the firm diversity officer, partner, director at the Barnes and Thornburg Legal Services firm. Uh, she's a graduate of the University of Illinois College of Law. She is the creator and host of the Standing in the Rain podcast and the Rain platform, which is incredible. She's an author of Boss Presence, uh, and she's a speaker, an educator, a mother, a wife, uh, a daughter, a friend. Her name is Dawn Roseman. She's 
absolutely incredible. And I'm so glad that you are here. How you doing, Dawn? I'm I'm ecstatic. I, you can't be more glad than me. This is this is the best part of my day. Yay! I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. This is awesome. That's awesome. Thank I'm you. so glad that you had a little bit of time to spend. Um, and we won't keep you too long. But I just I'm just so ecstatic that you're here. I remember watching your videos. Um, oh man, this had to be early when I first started this podcast. Early, and I was like. I've got to get her on this podcast. <laughs> this has to happen. And so I just kind of watched and kind of, you know, observed as things continue to move forward for you. And I was like, oh yeah, we, we got to do this. Likewise, kind of you laid back in the cut and so did I. So, yes. so Turnabout is fair play. Uh, you're going to certainly be a guest on Standing in the Rain. So I'm excited for yes. doing some good Yeah, this is good. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Before I get into the questions, I do want to give you an opportunity to talk about um, some of the work that you do um, and what led you um, to law, what led you to uh, become the, the chief diversity officer, partner um, for the Barnes and Thornburg team, um, as well as um, what motivates this RAIN platform that you got going my gosh, that's it's a lot in there. I'm gonna try to 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 summarize it if I will. You can pull out or tease that's out whatever question. you want. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, a yeah. big question. It's a big question. So I wanted to be a lawyer all my life. I was as a little girl. Um, there there were no models in front of me. Uh, I can talk to you now at, on this side of things at 50 that I couldn't say to you, you know, at, at, at six years old, but that mm. was by, it was by design. It's, it certainly was my purpose to go down that road. Um, I utilize the skill sets, the, the flow, the, 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 the presentation, the, all, all the things that come with being a practicing attorney. I utilize them every day, especially with regard to rain, uh, which I'll oh, get wow. into a minute, but, I, but, but I've always wanted to be a lawyer. Um, I, I'd, I'd love to tell you, I've said this before for other people, I like, I'd love to tell you it's because I wanted to change the world or I wanted to, you know, uh, you know, fight for civil rights. None of those things are true. I just wanted to be a lawyer. I couldn't explain to you what a lawyer did. I just wanted to be a lawyer. And so, um, you know, certainly everything I did through school was designed to get me to that goal. And so came out of law school in 1996, started practicing uh, at Barnes and Thornburg in 1996. I was a summer there. And then they, they you know, I was fortunate to get a, a starting position there and, and, and work my butt off uh, um, and, and, and was able to position myself to, you know, for partnership in in 2005 was voted in as our, our, our first African-American equity partner in 2005. And wow. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, I thought that was it though. I thought I was like, yeah, okay. This is what I want to do. And my partner, this big law firm and law 100 firm and you know, God had other plans, you know, because I just, you know, again, going back to that thing I said about purpose, it was, it, I, I kind of got confused thinking that being a lawyer was the, the destination then mm. it really wasn't. It was just mm. a vehicle um, to get me there. And so I become a partner and I'm practicing um, and it's a lot. I mean, practice, practice of law is rough um, um, and it's worthy, but it's rough. And I got to 2016 and decided actually it happened before 2016, where I my phrasing now, I, I like to say my royalty was calling me. 
Um, mm. I had perfected not answering that chick, um, but she mm. does not go away for any of us. Um, there's yeah. this thing inside you. I always say this is greatness hardwired in your DNA and it, it comes after you. And I, you know, it got louder and louder and it. By the time I got to 2016, I just didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't want to practice anymore the way I was. I wanted to change my life. I thought I had to quit. I had to quit to do so. Um, rain was not something I set out to create. Rain, uh, I created rain, if you will, um, to heal. I was struggling. Mm. I didn't know that I was struggling, but I was very much so struggling. I was accomplished and broken all at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, so uh, yeah. was every time I got that, you know, was, was, you know, I was learning to discover me a little bit more, realizing that I did not uh, think very much of me, that my thoughts of me were less than. And so I needed to elevate mm. them as I began to do that work. Rain began to manifest throughout that work. Mm. And so when I got a chance to speak, whether it be for students or clients, it's kind of all I wanted to talk about. If it wasn't about a case, it's all I wanted to talk about is that you are your, the best version of you lives on the other side of you uh, elevating your consciousness and understanding that your greatness walking. Not that you've arrived, that you know everything, that you can't be taught. Yeah. But that your worth and value that you that you you know the understanding that you are enough when you walked in the room became paramount for me and yeah. as a result of that um like i said got to 2016 decided that i just needed to bet on me fully i didn't want to practice anymore like that like i said thought i had to quit did quit they were like we don't want you to quit figure <laughs> something out and i created I uh, put together a proposal for our firm for for an executive level diversity position. We never had one before. I didn't actually think they'd say yes. Um, and I never wanted to be a diversity professional. I mean, I obviously being a black woman in 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 the business world, being a person of color, however you phrase it, um, diversity is top of mind for me. It's my lived experience. But mm -hmm. I never wanted to do that work. I wanted to always be seen as substantively amazing, but I never wanted to be kind of relegated to the only value I bring to the table is as a diverse, as you know, is was 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 because of my diversity, if you will. Um, so I shied away from that work. And I also didn't like the way the work was performed. I always thought it was a lot of, you know, my I kind of use this analogy. Diversity work to me was always everybody's drowning and a whole bunch of people sit in a room describing the water. I hated that. I was like, this is a waste. <laughs> you know? That's a you know? really so, great analogy. Yeah, so I didn't want to do that. So, I, but I put together this proposal. I prayed about it. I talked to my husband about it. And I submitted it. I wanted to stay a capital partner and all these different things. And again, I didn't think they would do. And they said yes. And oh, I was like, wow. okay. Yeah. I was like, what are we doing now? Um, because then I had to build it. <laughs> you know? What so, are we doing now? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing now? Who, who what is going on, right? And so I had to build it. So that's what I get to spend my day doing is champion, being a champion for change. And it's not about policies or programming. It's about people for me, because at, at the core for me, and that's true with regard to Barnes and Thornburg. It's true with regard to rain um, at, at my core. I exist to point people to their greatness. Yeah. And I believe that that's synonymous and goes hand in hand. I've learned with the diversity work I get to do. Because I believe that when you again, when you elevate someone's consciousness, when you understand and convince them, get them turned on fully to themselves, uh, you know, that their greatness walking, it changes everything for them and the teams they lead, the people they lead. So that's at the heart 
of dawn, of me. So rain is an expression of that. What I do at the firm is an expression of that. But I am at all at all times trying to leave people better than I found them. If I can get you fired up about you, my gosh, everything, the game <laughs> changes. It's, it flips on its head. And I know that that's true because I'm the case study. So that's that's mm. the short, believe it or not, that's the short answer to all of that question you asked me. No, that's incredible. That's incredible. You said, I, I try to leave people better than I found them. Yeah. That is really, really um, inspiring because, you know, the world is messy. Yeah. It's very, very messy. And more times than not, we tend to shy away from one another because we just yeah. don't, especially in, in, in this world of being, you know, incredibly politically correct or in this world of this vicious count cancel culture, yeah. uh, which seems somewhat counterproductive sometimes, um, you know, it, we, it can, it can cause us to want to separate from each other. And right. just because you just don't feel like being persecuted for being human. And so um, I think it's courageous the way that you're walking through life, endeavoring to to impact people intentionally. I, uh, I think that's that. really awesome. I appreciate that. I, 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 and I know you I know you get this because you're doing this, too. Um, <laughs> I feel a, I, I learned this phrase. I heard it. I'm borrowing it. I never knew what it meant before, but I feel a. Uh, um, a burden. But not that not in a, I don't I hope it makes sense not in a bad way but I mean mm -hmm. it feels like I don't know what else I'm what else I'm supposed to do if I'm not supposed to turn around and uh, like I said leave people better than I found them and especially when I think about the legal profession be what I needed mm. you know there there's a, there's a there's a chapter in my in my book boss presence called by the same name and man I longed for a me giveaway when I was when I was coming up not absolutely it's not arrogance I just longed for somebody to see me I was so alone uh at times oftentimes coming up in the profession especially once I became a partner it yeah. was worse when I became a partner um so how dare I my mama would oh, my mama would get me if I you know if I if I act like I now don't see uh, uh, the people who are coming behind me, and quite frankly, that, that I don't see the people who are my peers, or have a, you know, or, or, or other folks who are highly accomplished. When I see that same look in their eye that I used to have, yeah, you know. So yeah. it's for me, I it, it's not even an option for me. It's 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 it's. I just under you know, I'm just trying to be um, sensitive to and obedient to what I believe to be the the call on my life. If that makes sense. Absolutely. I completely understand that. And I definitely resonate with that word burden. And it doesn't necessarily uh, have a negative connotation. It's just a very visceral connotation. Yeah, that's and, a good word. Uh, yeah, it's 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 just it's a thing. It really is. And if you're not involved in something that can be consuming, I would assume like law or like impacting other people, um, you know, it, it, you may not quite understand that, but hopefully all of you who are listening to this podcast will experience the blessing of burden and uh, all of the richness that it gives in your life and the um, 
the development that it causes you to have. And so, you know, on this show and especially in this podcast, you know, I wanted to give you an opportunity um, to to kind of go back and forth with me about uh, this this concept of having a, the curse of knowledge. Right. Which, you know, you're approaching your expertise and all the vast understanding that you have about all these different topics and law and self-development, you're approaching this from a very um, humble and empathetic way. And so I think it would be great for you to walk us through what the opposite of that would look like. Because what I understand the curse of knowledge to be is 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 an assumption that somebody does or doesn't know something that you could be the expert about and that in, at times, it can be difficult to um, to articulate, to lead, to persuade, to share your vision and communicate what you need when you have this lofty um, understanding and or expertise. What was your experience, you know, with with being led? Right. What was your experience being educated? How did people communicate with you? coming up as a uh going through your 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 undergrad to then going to the college of law and you know now you know you're you're a partner in a firm you know how did you feel like your education process impacted you did you feel like people talked down to you did you have a lot of really good mentors and leaders around you how how was that for you a good question so, so, you know, I, I, I'm a consummate student and I loved school for the most part, the entirety of my, my educational career. Um, I had a positive experience for the most part with regard to my, 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 my education, my educational path, if you will. I was always, I always felt challenged in no way that I really ever feel anyone, um, speaking down to me or, 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 uh, kind of deciding what I could and could not handle. I felt challenged for the most part throughout my, my educational career. I think the only time where, you know, where for me, I fell out of love, if you will, with the educational process was probably law school. Um, and because, you know, up until that point, everything you know i could i could understand and and for the most part practically apply or understand you know i i was in love with learning so so it challenged that it pushed me in so many different ways law school is a totally different animal law school teaches you um how to take the bar but it doesn't teach Mm. you how to practice and so by the time you get to that point you have a lot of people who have never practiced a day in their life educating you on how to be a on, 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 on educating you and trying to lead you toward being a good lawyer it was a complete disconnect to me from the for, for, you know in that regard and I only had one professor who actually uh, practiced full-time and also came over and was an adjunct and his class was markedly different and and better in almost every respect than any other class I had because he he 
had a practical application and and lived in the world he was talking about. So I, you know, I, I, and you know what, what I will say though is, you know, and especially with, you know, now that I am a, you know, I'm a mom watching kids go through their educational experience, having them, I mean, one just going to college, you know, I used to be, I was taught growing up that education was, was kind of a monolith. Like it was one thing you go, you, everything was geared toward, you yeah. must go to college, you know, and I wanted to be a lawyer. So you've got to go to law school, obviously, but it's like, there was just no question. And I grew up certainly thinking that that's, that was yeah. kind of the only way I am completely 180 degrees <laughs> the other direction now. <laughs> I mean, I just don't, I, I realize now, um, and I learned this through my kids, uh, that, you know, for me, I wanted a professional degree. I wanted a, an advanced juris. I wanted a juris doctor. There was only really one pathway yeah. toward getting that. Um, but I, I, if I had not wanted to do that, you know, and, and I put myself in their shoes now, I tell my kids now, I want you to do and pursue that thing yeah. that lights you up. And if that's a, if that comes with a four year degree, cool. If that comes with you going to uh, um, get a trade, cool. If that comes with you going to a specialty boutique kind of uh, um, educational experience, cool. I, I just, I mean, that's a hundred, that's a complete shift. Um, they sell you really well. Education is a business and they sell you really well that's on right. the business of it, right? And I look at it now and, 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 and like I said, think totally differently about it. But my experience was good, but again, it has to be, put against the backdrop that I was trying right. to go to law school. I was trying to be a lawyer. So there's really, there's that, it was a linear path right. for the right. most part. Do you feel like there were, uh, well, what were some of the most surprising things that you learned about yourself um, during law school? I, I think I learned, I learned that I was, that I was smarter than I ever mm. thought I was. I learned that, uh, you know, because, you know, law school just teaches you, they, they use the Socratic method. They teach a whole different way of learning, way of approaching things. Again, it teaches you to, train, you know, to, to, to pass the bar. All those people who were really, really smart in their different organs, their different universities, all conflate on a particular law school. So when you think that you're like, you're the, if you're a big fish in whatever pond you're in coming into law school, you now are in a fish with yeah. a whole bunch of other big fish. Is, is, <laughs> if you will, whatever, uh, whatever the plural for fish is, the other big fish. Um, so I learned, you know, that was one of the first times I realized like I can do this and I was smart up until that point. It's kind of like, yeah. a, I hope I can do this. Yeah. I think I can do this. And you get in there and it flips you on your ear because, you know, for instance, you have one test in law school. You go, you come from an environment where, you know, you have every nine weeks, you have a test, you have quizzes, you have all these things to test whether yeah. or not you get the material. Um, Law school waits to the very end. They give you a test. You either mm. do well or you don't. And I didn't. I didn't do well um, on in three of my classes. That was the worst grades I'd ever gotten in my entire educational experience. My first wow. semester of law school, um, to the point where I wondered if I, uh, at that point, like I don't know what to do here. Um, maybe I can't do this. So the idea that I could figure that out, recover, taught me how one, that I was smarter than I ever realized I was, but then beyond that, and I don't mean smart like book sense, but that I could figure these things out, but that I was stronger mm -hmm. than I thought I was. Um, law, law, law school was hard for me. 
it was challenging for me in ways that I had never been challenged educated from an educational standpoint uh, in my entire career. So those were probably the two biggest lessons for me. And they have helped me throughout because it, you, you know, I've said throughout my career, if I can get through law school, if I can pass that bar first time, you know, the passage rate for black folks was less than mm. like 50%, um, you know, just terrible numbers. They're still terrible. Um, you know, so, and I was determined I was not taking that thing again, you know, so the, the law school taught me a lot about, uh, my strength, things that I lean on yeah. today. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Empower You Podcast. I want to take a second and tell you about a service I've been using that has literally changed my life. Akita Ricks, the founder of SawyerScore.com, helped me erase negative items on my credit score, provided me a clear path to improving my credit, and raised my score by 100 points in the first 90 days. Like, whoa. The best part about all of this is all I had to do was follow instructions. Now, if you're like me and you need a credit bestie, you need to click the link below and schedule your absolutely free discovery call today. Tell them Kidboy sent you. How do you feel like that? fear right that 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 rotting in the pit of your stomach when you feel like am I really going to be able to pull this off like (laughs) how do you feel like that affects your leadership style today do you still feel that from time to time I, I feel like there are certain feelings that you never fully wash away and that stay with you to such an extent where You know, your highs can be super high, but man, you can still feel that. Yeah, they don't go away. And I still, and I very much, so all, like I said, all the time, um, I, one of my, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. It was uh, one of my biggest clients now uh, um, began with, with this case that was just, it was so big and and my my mentor, my part, you know, my friend, he he was uh, he was you know he recruited me to the firm. He told the client that I could handle it. He didn't tell me that. He just told the client that. And then he called me and said, "You ready?" And he sent it to me. And that case scared me wow. for a year, every day. And I used to be able to sit in cases. I'm a litigator, a trial lawyer. I used to be able to sit there. And you lean on the lead attorney, yeah. what they call the first chair, um, for direction. I had not really ever, and even though I had led cases, they weren't as big as this. So I had never been the one where everyone was looking at me like, mm. what do you want us to do, Dawn? What about this, Dawn? What's the strategy, Dawn? Well, the client's calling me. Literally, I had a call with this client probably every other day, if not every day for a year, because, you know, and I, and it was and, and the general counsel. So the top lawyer, not just some, it was just yeah. the scariest thing, but it was the best thing. It was the best thing because fear is not something I don't think, you know, I know all those acronyms, fear is the false evidence appearing real and all those things. Fear is not something you shake during in this human experience, I don't believe. And in this, what I mean by shake in that you get a, you get a pass on experiencing it. And if you, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Christ follower. So you're going to get me, you can get all of me. Um, but, but in, you know, in the, in the Bible, it says, you know, I have not given you a spirit of fear, fear, but a power and of love and of sound mind. The way I read that, what I hear is I never told you that you wouldn't feel it. If I'm God, I never told you wouldn't feel it. I just told you I overcame it and I gave you something else to deal with it. So trust me when you feel that. So I used to be bothered by or feel like 
my gosh, I've been practicing this long. I shouldn't feel like that. Or I've built something like this before. I shouldn't feel that, but I'm over that now. I don't have any problems mm. with feeling it. I have a problem when it, when it stalls mm. me. And so I, I, you know, I've grown to a place now where I actually see it as when I begin to feel it, I kind of know oh, I'm on the right track. That sounds a little, um, I don't know. Like, so, so here's how I hear that. And you can tell me if I'm totally off base, <laughs> but so sometimes I think about, um, you know, my life and, uh, entrepreneurship, growing a business, putting yourself out there, starting a podcast, doing all these things. And I think sometimes it's the fear that drives you, right? It's, it's the, yeah. the, 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 the nervousness, the extreme stress that is almost addicting because you learn that that's all, it's just like, you're never at a different, okay, maybe this is just my experience. I don't feel like I'm ever at a different place. Sure. When things are going well, I'm thankful, but I'm looking ahead at the next thing that scares me. When things, I don't feel like things are going well, I'm still looking ahead at the thing, the next thing that I feel like scares me. And the present is a little bit frightening, but you, but you just, for me, I just, I just, I just learned to, to, to sit tight. You know, I, I think of a ship, right. That's yeah. just kind of getting tossed around and you could absolutely try to balance the boat or you can just tie yourself to something that's not going to move and you just got to wait it out. <laughs> and try not to drown, you know? And so, you know, when you're saying that you only get nervous when you feel like you're getting stalled, you know, that, it sounds like you're very good at, at just waiting it out, at waiting out storms. Well, wait, wait, I... that's a lot there. I love this. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. So... I went, I went kind of left field with that. I... No, you didn't. I love this. I mean, I, I think I think I'd say it this way. I have grown immensely in understanding that uh, I am anchored to one that's bigger than all of this stuff I'm perceiving mm -hmm. presently. Um, there's a there's a there's a uh, a thing I had in one of my devotionals that said to to worry. Or, or to to fear relative to some sort of future event or something like that is to perceive a moment where God is not with you. Since such a moment never exists, you know, uh, you know what's the you know basically like what's the problem? It was more eloquent than what I just said. But I so I I, I I've gotten to a place that don't get me wrong. I mean, sometimes I'm literally shaking in my boots. Some of the things you know, like when you said, like I see you post these things, you know, so I put up something recently. I put up something that's like coming 2022 and I put these things yeah. I'm doing in 2022. I got all these responses. People are like, oh, that's fire. Oh, this is awesome. Oh, whatever. I don't know if anybody realizes. So I'm going to guess I'm telling, I'm, telling, <laughs> I'm telling whoever's listening. The reason why I put that's that right. up there was for me because I wanted to make sure fear understood. Now I play it. We don't rock together. And so I get that you're trying to come after me right now. So I'm just going to put this out there because the thing that I, you know, if I'm anything, I'm honorable to my own word. And so I knew if I put it there, 
I was going to do what I needed to do to bring that to pass. Failure will be a surprise to all of us. Um, and so, so whether it's writing it out or whatever it is, I just find it unacceptable that that's the re that, that that's the thing that's going to be the reason why yeah. I didn't do it. Yep. You know, you know what I mean? It's, I just, I just, I'm not built like that. And I just believe that it's not even just beyond belief. I have seen uh, the benefits of a life lived doing mm. it afraid. Oof. Let's hold on right there. Did y'all hear what she just said? You said, I have seen the benefits of a life lived afraid. And not afraid, like afraid to leave their door, but taking chances, doing things, investing in yourself, believing in yourself so much that it scares you and it causes you to act out of extreme confidence and belief in yourself. So much so that when you come out of that moment, you're just like, oh, did I really just do that? Did I really just say that? Yeah. So I, I feel you 1000% when you said like, you put that out there because you wanted to keep yourself accountable. Like this is the plan and you're not going to talk me out of the plan. You as in like your own internal dialogue. Yeah. Do you feel like the way that you lead other people and the way that you connect with other people, um, you know, do you feel like you can see their fear? Do you feel like you can see their limitations? Um, because you live life in such a uh, courageous and bold way do you feel like you can see even when people are posturing you know that they're that they're strong or that they got it figured out you know because in leadership you know I grew up you know assuming leadership was this thing you know they got it all figured out they know all this stuff they've got all these degrees but as I get older I realize you know a lot of leaders still suffer with a lot of different things you know being very successful and yeah. not super grounded or something like that and so for you do you feel like in leadership positions it's easier for you to lead or to see through people's facades because of the way that you live i i, I think so i think i i say it like i so one uh, maybe this is the same you know different side of the same coin but I can see their greatness. And I can also see um, the lies they're telling themselves because I used to tell them oh, wow. to myself. And so when they, and I can feel it, it's weird. It's like, I'm a big superhero fan. So so uh, if you like the X-Men and you like uh, Magneto, you know, like when, if, if, if you know he is the one who can yeah. manipulate metal. Yeah. Um, Magneto, anytime he's around anything or anyone or any, that has yeah. metal in it. You know, like he always is like, I can, he like gets quiet, like I can feel it. I'm not trying to be like trippy. It's just, that's how I feel sometimes. Like I'll sit and talk to people who are, you know, CEOs or, 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 you know, multimillionaires and then, you know, whatever I'm connected to them for whatever reason, I'm sitting there talking to them and they'll say something. And I'm like, mm. they're struggling. Oh, I remember wow, when I was powerful. on a call. Yeah, they're struggling. I, I was on a call with, um, a group of, 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 I mean, just amazing women, incredibly accomplished women. They're executives within their companies, all these things are amazing women. And we were on the call entirely for, we were supposed to connect because we had all uh, um, um, gotten an award or something. And we were supposed to be talking and just reconnecting. It was no agenda whatsoever. 
a couple of the women started saying some things. I could do nothing else the whole time. They When they were finally, like I got a chance to speak, I'm like, hey, I know this is a little bit weird, but I sense, and I just told them like, I sense that y'all are, and I said it, I was like, I sense that y'all are, are struggling and you're tired and you're whatever. And they're like, and they just, the, the whole room shifted. I told my husband later, I was like, I could feel it coming yeah. through the screen because there's words that we perfect saying to get ourselves from point A to point B. These professions, this stuff, it's hard. And you get in there and nobody asks you when you walk into a boardroom, you walk into a business meeting, nobody's gonna ask you, hey, get away, are you okay? They're gonna say, hey, did you get your job done? Did you get your project mm -hmm. done? What are your numbers? Is your team in line? They're gonna ask you all the things, but they're not asking you if you're okay. And so people who, so, so we, we, we have tells because we gotta be able to function at these incredibly high levels, but we have these tells. These things, if you just ask the next question, most people do not, let's just say it this way. Most people ask you how you're doing and have no intentions of sticking around yeah. sticking around for the answer. If you just do that, they'll start telling you, yeah. I'm not okay. And so that's why I think so. So the short, you know, I mean, if I answer your question directly, I feel like I feel like I'm gifted at that. I can sit down and settle in it and be like, okay, I heard what you said. Now yeah. tell me the truth. How are you really? How are you doing today? You'd be like, I'm fine, good, you know, whatever. And you're like, okay, that's cool. But you sounded funny when yeah. you said that, or you paused, or you looked away when you said that. So let's yeah. talk about that. What's going oh, on? Wow. Wow. So, and it's really interesting that even on such a high level, you can see that well, right? Um, I think the more responsibilities you have, especially in leadership positions, you can start to lose the details. That's where I feel like leadership starts to become really diluted because now you're just going through the motions. I feel like that's like the epitome of the curse of knowledge. You're just assuming everybody knows and you're just slowly but surely checking out. What are some of the, the signs for you um, that you feel like you're starting to check out, that you got to recenter, that you got to come back to, 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 to base, maybe, you know, if you're tired or something. So, 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 uh, I'm going to answer that question, but let me just say this about something you just said, because I just want to, I don't want to forget it. For me, the best way to stay sensitive to the people around me, especially the people I lead, it's not perfect, is to, is to stay focused in that space of being mm. what I needed. What I'm talking to you about with regard to, um, you know, asking that next question, sticking around for the answer, all those, those are things I longed for. Yeah. I walked through so many halls, so many rooms, entered so many business meetings, whatever, and nobody, absolutely nobody have any clue about anything about me, know what's going on. I long for somebody yeah. to give a damn, yeah. to ask. And so I didn't know how to tell, so I wanted somebody to see me. They didn't see me. You can be really invisible in these really in these spaces. And so so I think that's for me the linchpin of how I, I don't know if it's, uh, you know, it's just because I, I, I intimately connected to what I used to long for in these spaces yeah. when I was growing up as a professional. Now, in terms of your question about what are some of the things for me, you know, that, that, that are my triggers, you know, that kind of signify, I mean, like for me, I get quiet. Um, um, I'm an, uh, you know, and, and keep me honest if I'm not no, answering no, the question right. you're asking me, but um, I get quiet 
Um, I'm an extroverted introvert. Uh, so I never met a stage I didn't like, but otherwise kind of withdrawn. I get quiet. And I also then stop having opinions if, if, when I'm struggling. It doesn't mean I don't have them. I just won't express them. It takes, and because I, because my words are my love language, those that I give you and those that I withhold. And so if I'm not talking, if I'm not sharing, if I'm not contributing, mm-hmm. something's wrong with me. I've, ne- I've never been short of an opinion. It may not be a good <laughs> one, but I've never short of one. But if I just, you know, but if I stop doing that, um, yeah, I'm struggling yeah. somewhere. Even if it's just fatigue, but That's I'm struggling. It's really sometimes. great that you said that. I, there's so many thoughts I have, you know, um, because I think you do start to, when I think back on my own stuff, you know, I think it does start with, small like words you didn't say opinions you didn't value you didn't add to the conversation because you're just like "Eh, they'll figure it out they'll figure it out they've they're you know and but that's not you're not leading at that point you know yeah you're just assuming they'll get it and that they'll figure out what you figured out and you're withdrawing yourself because of something else you got going on um or you're even yeah or you're even expecting or or in a resentful way you're allowing them to continue in chaos or in confusion because you're you're tired of speaking you're tired of leading you're tired of explaining a situation or a thing you know and um i just think that's very interesting that you that you mentioned that i don't think i've ever heard somebody say that it's the it's the withdrawing of your opinions and your 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 input, the value that you bring into the room. That's a very, very interesting uh, point there. You think about it, what you're doing, you're putting good in the you're putting good out into the world every time. Uh, with everything you do, certainly, but certainly through the Empower Empower You podcast, all the things that you're doing. When you stop that. When you stop offering that up, that aspect of you, um, that's a yeah. sign to me. It's certainly, I mean, it, and, and it's a tell for me. I mean, I read this book. Um, it's one of my favorite books by uh, Marianne Williamson called uh, Return to Love. Um, it's off of a bigger study and she just kind of encapsulated into her a shorter version. But but one of the things she said in there, she's like, you know, we spend our life, our entire life doing one, doing one of two things, walking toward love mm-hmm. or walking away from it. And I was like, what did she say? And I was like, you know, and I was like, and then she just started describing what that looks like. And that's in essence what I'm saying to you. When you won't, you know, in a relationship, whether it's romantic or not, you spend your entire life going toward love, um, which means forgiveness, kindness, engagement, um, um, all those things. Or you walk away from it, silence, barriers, you know, unforgiveness, all those things. You go back, you know, the whole time. That's what we end up going. And, and but the problem is, she said, she suggests in it is that because we were made uh, by love, in love, for love, to give out love, the walking away from love when we accept, when we participate in that exercise destroys us. Oh, my gosh. I was like, you just blew my whole mind right there. That is wild. OK, OK. You said because we are made. You, can you say that again? I'm going to mess it up. I would try. So she says we were made by love, for in love, for love to discharge love, 
that when we do those, we, you know, when we when we walk away from it, I don't forgive you, Kidway, because you hurt my feelings two years ago. I just yeah. walked away from love, right? I'm the I'm we're right. destroying ourselves, and we do this thing every because that's the only thing we do in our life. We walk toward it or we walk away from it, and you got to get to the place where you keep mm. walking toward it. Doesn't mean it doesn't hurt sometimes. I forgive you. I whatever. We, and we, you know, and it's, it's when the pain and stuff is still there, but you got to keep walking toward love. And we're walking against our nature when we walk away from those things. And so that's what messes us up. So for me, when I tell you my love language is my word, are my words. Me, if I gave you a card, I mean, I mean, just the total peek behind the curtain. If I gave you a card and it didn't have anything in it, but I signed my name. You can know, you can take it to uh, the bank. Something's wrong with me. Because uh, I, that's not how I'm built. My leg, my words are everything. There is no, there is no card that's ever gonna capture how I feel about yeah. whomever I'm giving it to. Yeah. If I choose to do that, so if I did that, I don't care. Which means something's off. I've walked away from love. It's, it was a tripped out read. And I was like, golly, it was a it was a really awesome way for me to kind of understand yeah. the dance and my own self and to kind of look inward, you know, how I and, and, how I and flow. To, to your point, you know, you said in leadership, your main focus is to continue to be the person that you needed. And I think that's an yeah. act of love for your for for a love for yourself currently, right? But then also uh, a yes. love and empathy for the inner child in you, for the inner child in other people, um, and for That's the right. development of of that team, of that individual, because ultimately That's right. they're going to need somebody to stand in the gap for them. Because otherwise you get, you get, you know, you've had these, I mean, if you've worked anywhere, I mean, I don't care if you were a fry cook at McDonald's, you've experienced it when... That mm-hmm. mindset is not present because they, you know, they, they they forget or they're so scarred by the experience, whatever they didn't get, whatever they, they yeah. did get that they didn't like, that they just perpetuate it as opposed to learning from it. And so you're the you're the unfortunate beneficiary of that. And so you can't you can't yeah. grow. You can't, you know, like I was I was yelled at when I was coming up, so I'm going to yell at you. As opposed to like, I was yelled at when I was coming up in this profession. And I know, I mean, yes, I became good at what I do, but that scarred me. And I don't want to do that to other people. So I got to remember that I was at a point at some point when I didn't know anything either. And so when I got people on my team who don't do it right Mm. the first time Mm. or the second Mm. time or the third time, I got to remember her. Be like, Dawn, you did that. Something. So give them grace. Show them how to do it. I get it. There's some people that you may not, um, that ultimately may end up being people who can't be on your team for one reason or the other. But even that even you that. can do gracefully. You, you, you know, you, you know, I mean, there's just, and so I think it's critical and it becomes, to me, when you go, for me, how it all ties into rain. It all starts, it begins and ends with knowing who you are and understanding that you're an unrepeatable masterpiece. Because if I understand that about me, then I don't have to be insecure and I don't have to worry about my gosh. They're like, they like Kim Boy's podcast better than mine. I'm like, dude, what can I do to make your podcast the number one podcast in the nation? That don't take nothing away from me. There's enough for both of us. We can shine together. And so, but if you don't get that, if I don't know who I am, I'm going to do everything in my power to harm you, your yeah. harm your ascension. 
you know, mess with you because I am not convinced. I'm not in, I, I, I don't have the right mindset about me. So that's why I yeah, focus where yeah. I focus. That's a lack of mentality too. This idea that, you know, yeah, you, you, you all day can't long. be great and someone else can't be great at the same time coexisting in harmony. Like, it's just... Yeah, exactly. Very, very interesting. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Okay. I got two more questions for you and I'll let you be because I know it's getting late. <laughs> um, no, it's fine. You've it's done fine. a lot of remarkable things, right? Um, you know, just listening to you is, is just incredibly inspiring. The, the insight that you have um, about people, about how to serve people, about how to navigate high stress and high tension environments. Um, but what's something remarkable, right? What's something special that you don't really get to talk about very much that's just near and dear to your heart? Ooh, I have never been asked <laughs> that question. <laughs> wow. Um, you know what I don't talk about a lot. I, I you know, and 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 it's everything for me. It's my. I'm starting to do it more through, through. Uh, um, I have a segment of my podcast called <laughs> These Nuptials, where I do it with my. I, I have. A, it, I, I get to talk about our marriage with my husband, but my family, my my sons, my role as a wife, and as a mom is the most, my most favorite thing I get mm. to do in this life. I don't, that's not what I put out mostly. I'm always trying to, you know, I, I share pictures every now and then, and I'll say things every now and then, and certainly try to make sure I celebrate my husband, but real talk, I mean, it is the my most absolute favorite thing, best thing, it, it, it's the best thing in my life is just to be able to, cultivate and watch that watch what we have yeah. as a family and it shapes everything but people don't realize too like everything you like about me or whatever my world's good as long as that world is right. good. that part of me is good you know um and so it's my family which which you know in the times that we're living in and certainly like when people you know i know you probably heard it like in in 2020 People were like, well, you you learn really quickly whether or not you liked each other or not, right? You know, because being stuck in the house and all that stuff like that. It was just such a cool time right. for us to be together. And I didn't grow up. I had a really great upbringing. My mom is and was wonderful. Um, but our home, you know, my, my dad wasn't in it. And just a lot of stuff there that, you know, were not by yeah. design, if you will. To, to shape something different for our children. You know, my husband and I say all the time, the legacy we're trying to leave is not businesses that we own or property that we own or money that we have in the bank. It's it's the legacy of our kids will grow up, we, you know, saying, man, I watched my mom fiercely love my dad. I watched my dad yeah. fiercely love my mom. Yeah. They fought fair. Um, I saw them be affectionate. They loved us. Um, I just that's the like that's what we're trying to leave them. That's probably the thing I don't. I mean, if I being completely honest, that's the thing I probably don't talk about a lot. Probably because <laughs> I'm selfish. I get that too. I get that. Yes, you get it. 
you know, the more and more rain grows, the more things yes. grow and I lose more and more of my anonymity and yes. all these different things. I'm pretty yes. selfish about my family and, yes. and posting things and stuff and my relationship and what I'm doing and stuff. But that's my 1, favorite thing. Percent. I completely understand that. That is that's amazing. That is truly amazing. And the fact that you cherish them the way that you do. Um, you know, I can only. It's different, right? Me and you both, um, we give a lot of ourselves. And so yeah. to have a space where you get to, to, to recharge without feeling any kind of way about it, to feel, totally yep. get your own cup filled without, you know, feeling like, oh, I should probably relax a little bit, or, you know. That's a beautiful <laughs> That's right. thing. And so um, I'm so glad that you shared that with us. Um, so for all of you all who are listening, this is Dawn Roseman. She is incredible. She's the creator and host of Standing in the Rain podcast. She is the chief diversity officer for Barnes and Thornburg Legal Services. She's a wife. She's a mom. She's absolutely incredible. Um, right now, you need to go ahead and stop what you're doing. Leave a comment and a review and say, thank you, Dawn. Um, you can also click on the link in the show notes when you go follow uh, her page, her YouTube page, um, as well as engage with some of the incredible work that she is doing. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm just really excited that, that you're here and that you get to share with all of us. Um, if there's one thing you want everybody to walk away with, what is it? I said it earlier. You need to understand that you're an unrepeatable masterpiece. You literally are as magnificent yes. as it gets. When it gets really hard, um, the world is poised yeah. to tell you otherwise yeah. from an early age to tell you otherwise and to compare us or to lead us into comparison uh, with our peers. Um, social media is designed, uh, uh, position, uniquely positioned to force comparison. You've got to settle this. If you don't do anything else, I don't care if you have any feelings to back it up. I don't care. Let your feelings will catch up. They'll catch up or they won't. It doesn't really matter. You don't need them. You need to know and settle that you're an unrepeatable masterpiece. You have to know that you're enough. Yeah. No matter what. That should never be something up for uh, negotiation. Yeah. Dawn, this is amazing. Um, I have one more ask of you and I promise I'm going to let you go. Okay. So... At the end of every podcast episode, we do what are called thought exercises. Now, thought exercises okay. are um, designed to give our listeners um, and even myself something to work on, something actionable that we can start doing, moving up through our week um, and even up to the next episode, right? Um, I have this theory that it's great to get a lot of information, but if you don't have action steps to implement... Um, it just eventually just starts to wash away. But the actions that you do create memories, create momentum, sow different seeds that even if you just did a little bit of everything, you have a lot better outcome than just sitting there with a bunch of good information. And so 
Um, The thought exercises are something special, something that you do to center yourself, to ground yourself, to pull yourself out of a rut um, and to help you move forward. And so that could be a poem, uh, a passage of scripture, a speech that you like, a phrase your mama told you, whatever it is. um, Do you mind sharing a thought exercise with us? I don't mind at all. And I'm trying to think through what I want to, because there's so many things that I do, you know, this, this is what I'll say. This is where, where, where I'll leave everybody. And I maybe, and, and again, keep me honest if I'm off <laughs> of the task and then I'll fix it. <laughs> um, but for me, I think I said earlier, uh, if there's one thing that I do, I respect my own voice. So I respect my own word. So I had to start putting in my mouth uh, things that lined up with uh, this this truth about me that I, you know, what I just said, that I'm an unrepeatable masterpiece, that I'm enough, all those sorts of things. So I daily, daily, um, and it's not just about words of affirmation because I, I, I speak specifically things that have challenged me um, look myself in the eye, if you will, literally sit in a mirror and I say to myself things like, you know, you know, you're enough. And there would be, you know, or, you know, there would be times because I had such a, you know, low self-esteem at some, at one point in my life, I wouldn't even, you know, I thought so many negative things about myself. I thought it was ugly. I thought all these different things, literally looking myself in the eye and be like, Dawn, you're beautiful. I, sometimes it would make me cry. Um, and so I just encourage you know, the folks listening, you know, wherever they're, wherever they are, start where they are, uh, start talking differently to you. Give it and, and, and then start kind of listening in, maybe even writing down what you say to you, especially when you emote back, when you relate back and forth with other people, things that they're all almost automatic triggers. Like if you say like, hey, Dawn, you look nice today. I'm like, uh, I've been better. Check that. And so you got to watch how you talk to you. I mean, literally start like being like elevate your consciousness maybe this week and just decide like, how do yeah. I talk about me? How do I talk about me? I do that a lot because my language was so poor because it was so used to a less than version of me. And so I had to align how I spoke to me, uh, you know, with my royalty, because once you get that straight, it, 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 it will change how you allow others to speak to you. Uh, to deal with you, to handle you. I, I put a post up not too long ago that said, your taste in people uh, change when you when you become fully mm. aware of who you are. So I just encourage you to begin to triage how you speak to you and to put deliber- deliberately put words in your mouth uh, that frame, that, that, that um, signify who you are, Ooh. not how you feel. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, That is especially helpful for me this week. Um, And I hope for all of you who are listening, you'll start to become more aware of your internal dialogue, how you talk to yourself. You know, um, that's just so powerful. You know, there's a scripture that says the power of life and death is in the tongue. 
And um, sometimes the words we're saying to ourselves don't leave our body verbally, but they are constantly repeating in our head and in our heart. Um, And I think that's a really powerful thing, especially right now in time. I feel like humans in in general are just becoming so much more heart-centered and we don't know what to do with that because most of us... Don't have the right dialogue to even properly execute that. Exactly. We've become our own dimmer switch. And it's, 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 it's just so dangerous. You have no, you don't have a fighting chance. You don't have a fighting chance. I mean, that's why I say it informs everything, even in the work I do, the diversity work that I do, you know, because if you eradicate all of the quote unquote, maybe ghosts in the machine, the implicit biases that are alive in a particular program or protocol and clear out all the barriers. And I offer you the, the job or whatever. Okay. If you don't think enough of you, if you've told yourself and believed you that you can't do it, it doesn't matter. I'm not holding you back. You, you're doing that. And so, so you've got to get your self-talk right. And a lot of times it shows up. I mean, yeah, I could stand in the mirror and say, Dawn, you're enough and you're great. But then when I go talk to a person and they, they, they someone, t- someone checked me yesterday. So I'm, I'm not arrived. I'm on a journey. Someone checked me yesterday. They're, we're not friends. We're not anything. It's a colleague. I wrote back in a group email. Someone gave me a compliment and I wrote back. I was like, nah, it's not really this. It's really that. He wrote me back privately. He says, I've learned that you should accept kudos when they're offered. Just, 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 just saying. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but, 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 you know, so, you know, because it just, they sneak in there. So if you if you take the time to just really listen to how you respond, what you say about you, what you tack on to the end of stuff, you'll, you'll, you'll see where you yeah. need to come up higher in, yeah. in, in how you think about you. Because what you think is coming out in your speech. Wow. Wow. Oh my goodness. Don, you are incredible. Thank you so so much for being here. How can all of our listeners get a hold of you, engage with the Rain, uh, Standing in the Rain podcast, with your platform? <laughs> Where can we find you? How do they write yeah. you thank you notes? Uh, oh my gosh. So, so just so, the easiest way is just to go to my website, www.raintoday.com. There you can sign up for my text community, become official rain dancer. The podcast link is there, book links there. Uh, if you sign up for my text community, you're going to get all kinds of uh, what I call, uh, you know, uh, advanced notice nice. of new hotness. Uh, you know, but you can also follow me on Instagram. At, it's at it's at uh, it's you underscore rain. But again, all of that is linked through my website. So if you just go to my website, www.rainsday.com, you'll be able to get to any of it. And 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 I'd love to hear from you and follow me. You got so much stuff coming in 2022 to better serve um y'all that's so amazing. I'm excited you guys yeah i will have all of these links in the show notes go ahead right now leave your rating and review go to don's website and sign up for a text community do it do it for yourself Please. do it because <laughs> you're aware that every day you're building you're casting votes for the person who you want to be And if you're not empowering yourself, if you're not putting yourself in environments that encourage you to speak to yourself kindly and to look at yourself differently, you're not going to ultimately become the best version of yourself. And that's just a fact. 
So to all of you Love all. It. This is the best <laughs> part of my day. This is awesome. That's awesome. So to it. you guys, thank you all so much for listening. I appreciate you. You are loved. Um, and we will see you again in another episode of Empower You Podcast. But until then, peace. Thanks for listening to Empower You Podcast. Don't forget to rate and review this episode because we would love to hear your takeaways from this discussion. And it helps us reach more listeners just like you. If you'd like daily audio video clips from the podcast, you can find Empower You Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.